0: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by Sup China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It's been a roller coaster of a week for China's business news. It's been a busy week for China's international relations, with the country joining one massive trading bloc and potentially joining another. It's been a difficult week for China's Belt and Road Initiative in Malaysia with the cancellation of a multi-billion dollar infrastructure project. And it has been a terrible week for a former top official who has been caught up in a bribery scandal. With all the top news delivered in a carefully balanced fashion, here's what has been happening in China this week. China has signed the world's largest regional free trade agreement with other Asia-Pacific nations, including Japan and South Korea, encompassing nearly a third of the world's population and gross domestic product. Top officials from 15 nations that also include Australia, New Zealand, and the 10 members of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations inked the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, RCEP, or RCEP nearly a decade in the making, on the final day of the 37th ASEAN Summit, hosted virtually by Vietnam. The agreement covers a tariff elimination of at least 92% on traded goods among participating countries, as well as stronger provisions to address non-tariff measures. Chinese President Xi Jinping has also announced that China will, quote, actively consider, unquote, joining the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement For Trans-Pacific Partnership, better known as CPTPP, a regional free trade pact. She made the comment in a speech at a meeting of the 21-nation Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, APEC, hosted, again virtually, by Malaysia. The news has been seen as a bold move to reassure the world of the country's continuing commitment to reform and opening up. Some analysts have noted, however, that China would face an uphill task to negotiate an accession agreement with the current 11 members of the CPTPP, including Japan, Canada, and Australia, particularly on some sensitive clauses such as state-owned enterprises and labor unions. In more international relations news, China has again pledged better cross-border audit cooperation with the U.S. China's top securities regulator, called for more dialogue to address a long-standing dispute between U.S. and Chinese regulators over access to audits of U.S.-listed Chinese companies. China has stuck to its position that joint inspections should be carried out through a cooperation mechanism of cross-border oversight, according to a statement by the China Securities Regulatory Commission. The Commission's comment followed reports that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission renewed efforts to press China by pushing forward a regulation that would lead to the delisting of companies that don't comply with U.S. auditing rules. China has sold its first negative-yielding sovereign bonds. China raised €4 billion, that's about $4.7 billion last week, in a three-part debt deal, which included its first-ever negative-yielding sovereign bonds. The deal includes €750 million of five-year bonds— Two billion euros of 10-year bonds and 1.25 billion euros of 15-year bonds. The 10 and 15-year bonds were sold with positive yields of 0.318% and 0.664%. However, the five-year tranche achieved a negative yield of 0.152%. According to Samuel Fisher, head of China Onshore Debt Capital Markets at Deutsche Bank, one of the bookrunners of the deal, it is a sign that China attaches great importance to European markets amid a year of market turmoil. There's potentially good news if you are looking to protect your intellectual property rights in China – The country will increase the maximum penalty for copyright infringement by a factor of 10 in an effort to deter intellectual property violations, a major gripe for many companies that conduct business in the world's second-largest economy. The national legislature last week approved an amended copyright law that will raise the highest compensation payment for infringement to 5 million yuan, $762,114, from 500,000 yuan. The new law will take effect on June 1st. The government of the Malaysian state of Malacca has terminated an agreement worth $10.5 billion with a local developer who partnered with three Chinese companies over a sea reclamation project involving the building of a mixed harbor development including three man-made islands in the strategic Malacca Strait. The project was seen as a major part of China's Belt and Road Initiative in the country and was supported by the former Malaysian government headed by Najib Razak from 2009 to 2018. However, the current federal and state government have been openly against the project, citing concerns over its economic feasibility. It's been a tough week for a former deputy governor of China's northern Hebei province who pleaded guilty in a Beijing court of taking more than 50 million yuan, roughly $7.6 million, in bribes between 2006 and 2013 in exchange for business favors to others. The court said a sentence will be announced at a later date. Li Chen became a vice governor of Hebei in 2017 after spending years in top positions in Baoding and Hengshui in Hebei. Li is the 12th high-ranking government official to face criminal charges this year amid China's long-running anti-graft crackdown. He is also the third top Hebei official brought down since 2017. And finally, can you trust China's online reviews? The hashtag... Is it worth looking at good and bad reviews? 好评、差评是否还有参考价值 has been trending on China's social media this week after reports that a growing number of paid reviews are appearing on shopping and delivery platforms. According to Penghai News, the phenomenon of, quote, professional bad reviewers, unquote, exists on several major e-commerce platforms and food delivery apps some use the scoring system and store owners' fear of negative reviews to extort money while others offer click farm services charging money to demote rivals' stores the going rate for 30 bad reviews can be as high as 1000 yen or 152 dollars according to news reports and police are supposedly hesitant to pursue such cases due to insufficient evidence let's turn now to Nandini Venkata who joins us from beijing Nandini is Caixin Global's podcast producer and, of course, the co-producer of our program. Welcome, Nandini.
1: Hi, Kaiser. It's great to be here.
0: Well, it's great to have you. So, Nandini, the big story for this week is short seller Muddy Waters, who have taken aim at yet another Chinese company. Tell us what's going on.
1: Yeah, so Muddy Waters is indeed back in the headlines, and this time it's making news because it's gone after joy. So for anyone not familiar with the company, Joy is a major Chinese social media player. Um, To give you an idea of just how big it is, it says it has around 4.1 million um, paying users. And it also reported roughly 930 million US dollars in revenue for the third quarter of 2020. And that was supposed to be up 36% from the previous year. And what Joy is especially well known for is its live streaming service, which is called YY Live, where users can basically tune in to see live streamers sell all sorts of goods and do performances. And if users like what they're seeing, they can then reward that particular live streamer by buying them a virtual present. And a cut of this purchase then goes not only to that particular influencer, but also the social media company. And that's basically how Joy's business model apparently works. However, the latest report by Muddy Waters, which was released last week, alleges that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye.
0: So what exactly does Muddy Waters allege
1: Yeah, so the short seller's report, which is 71 pages long, has some really hard-hitting allegations. Um, After saying it's been investigating Joy's live-streaming service for over a year, Muddy Waters has accused the company of multi-billion dollar fraud and even going so far as to say that ninety percent of the revenue that Joy has earned is fraudulent, you know, which is, you know, really mind-boggling. So, for example, earlier on, I mentioned those virtual gifts which um, people can buy on the platform. Well, Muddy Waters alleges that actually half of these purchases are fake transactions, which are made by fake users. And the short seller says that Joy has been pulling off this stunt by using bots, which are linked to its company servers. Muddy Waters also alleges that it has evidence to support these claims, and that includes payments originating from company servers. Now, stocks reacted pretty quick to the explosive report On Wednesday, Joy's stocks plunged an incredible 26%, and that actually represents the live streaming giant's worst fall. But of course, I should really, really stress that Joy has refuted all these allegations. The social media company says that the short seller's report is filled with mistakes and generalizations, and it also says that Muddy Waters is ignorant of the live streaming sector.
0: That's obviously really huge news given what's happened when Muddy Waters has targeted Chinese companies before, right? Uh, Is the significance of this something that goes beyond the company Joy or even beyond the sector?
1: Yeah, I think this story really merits attention for a whole host of reasons. So first of all, earlier this year, Muddy Waters also bet against another Chinese company and accused it of cooking the books. And that was, of course, Luckin Coffee. So the Chinese coffee giant, as we all know, later went on to find itself in a huge financial fraud scandal. And fast forward a few months, it was dropped off the NASDAQ. And it was also, um, you know, investigated over here in China and has been facing a lot of scrutiny from regulators. And on top of that, the thing that um, uh, Joy and Luckin have in common is that they're both listed in the U.S., So I think this raises another important question about, you know, what could the repercussions be for U.S.-listed Chinese companies? And, of course, in the wake of the Luckin scandal, um, we did see Washington also get a lot tougher on U.S.-listed Chinese companies. Um, For instance, uh, U.S. lawmakers, um, stock exchanges, and government agencies They each took their own measures to kind of tighten China's access to American capital markets. And of course, the timing of all of this is pretty spectacular. Just a couple of days before the short seller released this report on Joy, that same social media giant was in the headlines for a totally different reason. Baidu had actually agreed to buy yy live from joy the chinese search engine giant was reportedly going to pay 3.6 billion us dollars for the live streaming service and was expected to close the deal in the first half of next year but of course with the muddy waters um, allegations out there it remains to be seen whether this deal will really go ahead. So I think there's a lot of stuff to really watch out for on this story.
0: Yeah, Baidu uh, might have dodged a bullet with this one, or maybe they'll pick up what remains in a serious fire sale. Anyway, thanks to Nandini, and great to have you on the program.
1: Thanks, Kaiser.
0: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Taishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Sinica Network on SupChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.